Welcome to our home. It's so beautiful. I love it. Love what you've done. Thank you. Yeah, it didn't dawn on me until this morning. I was like, oh, wait, that time that her groceries got sent here, she actually didn't come in that day. (laughs) That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, my groceries. And you guys like ate some of the groceries as well. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forget what it was. If it was pickles, something. Luke was pumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, I think you had some of the Swiss cheese and the pickles. I was dying laughing. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, Allie had sent us something from Instacart. I forget, maybe flowers. And then our address got left in her thing as the default address. So one day, not long after we moved into the house, all these groceries arrived and it had your name. But there was something else in the message that I was like, wow, no one's ever gifted us a housewarming gift of groceries. (laughs) And how would she know what to get us? My mind was so blown. We were so confused. But Luke was pumped. He's like, fuck yeah, give me the cheese, you know, and. And then not long after we start eating Allie's groceries, she texts and is like, did my food by chance get delivered there? And I'm like, honey, it's not for us. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. That was literally one of the most random, hilarious things I've ever experienced. Yeah, it was really good. So then I had the mortifying duty. I actually put Luke on the duty. I said, Luke, I am too mortified to tell her that we actually thought she sent these to us and that we ate some of it. You have to tell her. So anyways, welcome officially inside the home. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's going to be here. For any new listeners, Allie, this is her second appearance. Her first episode was number 83, which I highly recommend. Of course, after you're done with this one, you might want to pop back because that one is titled Eradicating Shame and the Price of Fame. And it will give you a lot of context to her like backstory, some of the things that we might not get to because I want to like really take our time and get step by step through what this main focus is right Mm -hmm. now because it's so important. So that's why if you're wondering like, I want to know more details of how she arrived to who she is now, go to episode 83 for all of that. Where to begin? Because this one, as soon as I saw that this was where... All the years that I've known you, both us previously being Brooklynites, both getting the call to move here, like we've been witness to one another through a lot of different passages, initiations, and it's been so fascinating and fun for me to watch like this narrowing, like Mm. this triangle leading to this point Mm -hmm. of you arriving more and more fully at home to your divine truth and calling. And I really feel like you're hitting some apex medicine here with this. I resonate with that. Yeah, I feel that in my bones. I just got a surge of a chill because this apex place is, it's a doozy of a category of life, yet somebody's got to do it. Mm -hmm. You chose to do this and we're going to unpack it. Like I said, it's such important work. I want to really take it step by step. But one of the main themes of this is only God can cancel me. Mm-hmm. And unless you've been a monk living in a cave somewhere the last five years, it would be impossible to escape the cancel culture that has been so toxic and so pervasive and so divisive. And, you know, your calling's multifaceted, but it's helping to open people's throat chakras to know that they're safe and healthily expressing their truth, 
their viewpoints while knowing that at the end of the day, the real biggest picture truth is God is the only one that can truly cancel you. So I don't even know, I want to let you start talking at this point. Where do you want to start with all of this? Mm. I think it's important to start at why, okay, like God, yes, we love God. We love you, Sky Daddy. But why do we here and now in the material realm want to live from a place of authenticity and self-expression? So why is that beneficial to us, right? Like, why is that something, does that have a high return on investment for us? Like just in our earthly bodies, why is this important? And I'd love to start here. So first off, we need to understand the importance of an open, clear throat chakra and to see its connection with the womb space. So these two places are inextricably linked together. All right. So when we think about the power of the womb, and for men, this is something I'll address after this because they are slightly different. But for the power of the womb space, which is the center of creation, right? It's a portal. It brings the inside out. The womb and the throat actually are twinned together. So in utero, the throat and the womb grow right next to each other. And they both have this mirroring effect to each other. They're supported by this kind of diaphragmatic set of muscles. And actually in Latin, the word cervix means neck. So there was very clear correlation and connection between these two spaces. And then as we grow from an embryo into a fetus, these two places spread apart but they're connected still by the vagus nerve, which runs up and down the body. So these two places are both portals. And we understand as women, there's a lot of people out here doing work for healing the womb space, for clearing whatever ancestral trauma or junk is in that space. But there's a lot less people talking about the importance of the throat chakra mm -hmm. and its connection with that womb. So these are both the feminine centers of the body along with the heart. And when we start to clear ancestral wounds or fears and the wounds become the fears and I'll talk more about that when we start to clear those we're actually clearing the portal centers of the body and these are both the places where when you think about wombs creating life or throats creating words words being the magic that creates our reality these are the vortex for our manifestations for bringing the inside of us out for creating actual tangible material magic in the here and now. So when our throats, and this has been happening for a long, long time, our throats have been closed down and prevented from stepping into their full power. And we need to understand that when we clear that space, what we're doing is we're creating A, more magnetism, but B, we're creating a world. When we look at all the problems that we have in the world right now, it can be solved, it can be fixed when we can be clear with our words. Okay, so pause with this brilliance. So many things are flooding in. Mm. So I had been aware, because Peyton, who lives here, she worked with me to create the Dogon Ceremony Circle event that we had here in Austin a few months ago. But she's one of my dearest friends, and she has been a doula before. And so when I first met her, she was speaking to how when we are birthing, that's why there's the sounds that are being made. And she always recommends opening your mouth, yep. because as you open that, it opens your vagina or whatever oh, it opens. And so I had had that awareness, but then as it would be just a couple of days ago, we'd already had this scheduled, but then another medicine woman, Wyra, she had posted exactly what you're talking about, how the vocal cords and the womb are at one point together and then, then they branch apart. And then through that reminder, I had this huge epiphany 
because, and I won't get into the nitty gritty details because I'm just not ready to yet, but I have been in the last three to four weeks having to have the most uncomfortable conversations of my entire life. I mean, making impossible decisions, having to speak to those impossible decisions, and simultaneously and interwoven into that is where I'm at on our pregnancy and starting a family journey. And I realized the correlation, yeah. how by me saying yes to these deepest fiery conversation initiations, opening my throat chakra, reclaiming my power through healthily expressing my truth, what I know I need to do, that I know without a shadow of a doubt that is allowing this more conducive, open, thriving, healthy space to bring in baby. Mm -hmm. This is massive mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, completely. And I think the important thing there is like when you have these, you know, hardest conversations of your life period, and we're all going to have that, that's the initiation where you can either up level and pass the test or fail the test. Ooh. And when you fail the test, you're going to have to repeat this again and again, and you're going to see knock on effects rippling through the different energy centers of your body and rippling out into the world around you. So the test is, can you hold your truth in conflict? Oh, and if God, you make, can, that, that makes that sound come out of me instantly. I know. That. I know. And that is a lot of this work. It's like this deep sigh of like, oh my God, like something about that is so scary yet so potent. Mm -hmm. And we can all feel it, right? Even if you don't have a social media presence, even if you're just having conflict with your friends, or your family, or at the dinner table and you're scared of speaking your truth, there are initiations and tests that we need to pass to be able to up-level and bring these centers into alignment with each other and to start thriving. And this is where that thriving comes from. You've oh. got to be ready to step into that truth chapter. And it's bringing to mind something that I've just been so directive with my gratitude lately is Thank God I've been devoting to my clear connection to the deepest parts of my soul, unification and communication with me and direct line and communication with spirit because through these most uncomfortable, deepest, fiery fires that you're speaking to, my saving grace is I know I'm exactly where God wants me to be. And yes, it doesn't take away the potency and the discomfort and the rawness I feel inside my body and like the nervousness leading up to the conversation it doesn't take any of that away. But yet I can hold the line mm -hmm. and walk through that fire of the initiation because I'm so clear with God. And true north. You're and clear true with true north. Yes. And when you are, even the edginess that comes with holding the truth, you can feel it and know it's an edginess, but there's a part of you, a deep knowing that also knows on the other side of this is magic. Yes. And wonderful things that are about to transpire. Yes. Yeah. Even though they're not directly with you or in front of you, yet you you can feel their presence. And that can also be a supportive texture to keep you holding that line. Yeah. And one of our mutual friends, when I was telling her about these conversations lately, I said, oh my gosh, it was the hardest conversation I've ever had. And without missing a beat, she said, and also the easiest. And also the easiest because of what we're talking about, mm -hmm. because I knew exactly what I had to do, mm -hmm. even with the discomfort. I want you to continue, but before I forget, this is also bringing to mind, I haven't posted this yet, but I've had this carousel made to post. And it says, shamanic reminder, your healthy expression is your most valuable gift. 
It allows you to not self-betray. It allows you to be in your authentic soul's mission and calling. It clearly reveals who can hold you and value you. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. It shows who understands the value of your expression and authenticity. It's actually the easiest tool to keep you in a fully aligned vibrational field. Yeah. Would you yeah, agree? I completely agree. I better post that soon. You should. <laughs> and the fully aligned vibrational field is a very important key takeaway to that. And we need to understand when we're talking about vibration, usually what would you associate with in the body? You would associate the throat because our vocal cords are vibrating to create the frequency that you hear. And when you are not living in vibration with your deepest truth, your vocal cords are literally vibrating in a different way. And that frequency that is being broadcast is going to broadcast to the wrong people, right? So when you actually fully step into your truth, no matter how, and I cannot underscore this enough, no matter how controversial it is, no matter how problematic other people might think your truth is, you know your truth and you know it because you have intuition. And your intuition is the thing that's signaling to you hey, there's, there's something here that needs to be said. And if you don't say it long enough, what happens is this space in the throat starts to block itself and the body stops trusting itself. And there is a self-abandonment that happens. And when you hit that self-abandonment stage, it takes a lot more work to get out of it than it does if you're just standing in your truth the whole time. So it is more work to try to fix it. So yeah, key takeaway with that is the vibration and also a really important analogy to think about when you start living in your fullest self-expression is you really do become a magnet. And when you think about magnets, they're polarizing away the thing that has its opposite charge, right? But they're bringing in and magnetizing something that has its same or equal charge. And so when we think about stepping into self-expression, and I mean radical self-expression, what happens is you are going to polarize away all of the things that are not vibrating at the same frequency or not an energetic match for you, but even better, and here's the payoff, here's the return on investment, you're going to bring in everything that is. They're going to find you like a lighthouse in the night, like a beacon, mm. because there's something about authenticity and truth, especially when it's the same vibration as someone else's, that is so captivating. It's so courageous. It's so contagious, right? Because when we see people standing in their truth, when you think about, you know, your favorite influencers, for example, why are they your favorites? Probably because they're saying the thing that you're thinking and they're saying it out loud with courage in their body and saying, this is what I mean to say. Mm. And for a lot of us, our favorite, quote, influencers or celebrities or people, thought leaders that we look up to, we love them because they're saying the thing that's in our body and in our hearts. And they're saying it with an energy of, I said what I said. Mm. So when we Think about our favorite people and the energy that they're conveying to us. It's showing us how contagious this all becomes because you are attracted to them. And how many people, when you think about your favorite influencers, you want to buy what they offer you. You want to hear every message they say. You want to support every podcast they're on because you're just here for all of them because you know their true intent. And they explained it to you in a way that's like, I don't really care who this is going to rub the wrong way. This is my truth. And I'm saying it from a place of compassion. Where does someone even begin? Because I can like feel the listeners like there's a pulsating resonance and this feels of truth as they're listening. But then right away, many might hit up against that fear point of the polarization, knowing that that is an inevitable part of this journey of this mm -hmm. initiation. Mm -hmm. How does someone even begin to settle 
their central nervous system or to ready or prepare themselves for when they start to witness the shifting and clearing out of those who are not been in true alignment because previously you held yeah. your mouth, you did not speak your truth, now you are. And knowing that there's going to be a clearing or potentially more intensely that polarization where you could maybe get quote unquote canceled. Mm -hmm. How do you ready your system to hold or handle that? Yeah, excellent question. So there are many ways to do this. I have a program called 90 Days to Uncensored Bad Bitch. And in this program, it's giving you, <laughs> I fucking love that. Yeah. It's my favorite. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. It gives you the framework to how to do this. But I'm going to give you the breakdown here right okay. now. All right. So there are key things that you need to start with as an individual, as a person with a subconscious, as you're preparing to step into this magnetic chapter. And I want to really emphasize that, like you are going to enter into magnetism. So hold on to the higher timeline, the higher vision of this is what's going to come. Okay. But to start, you're going to need to do some deep and serious shadow work. And that shadow work is going to be on the main fears, which are wounds that have become fears underneath a closed throat chakra. So what are the main wounds or fears underneath a closed throat chakra? The first one is the fear of abandonment. So with the fear of abandonment, why does this come up with a closed throat chakra? Because people typically associate it with the first chakra at the base of the body. Well, we have examples that we've either seen in current culture with someone getting canceled or that we have experienced in our younger lives when we have said something that maybe didn't resonate with the group or pissed our families off or alienated people around us and we watch them leave us as a result of that, mm. right? So one of the big fears underneath speaking your truth is the fear that you will be abandoned because of what you're saying. Yeah, be left all alone. You will be left alone, the kid alone at the playground. So that is a core, core fear. I'm gonna give you the list of fears and I'm gonna tell you the ways that you can start working on clearing this. Right. So one of those fears is fear of abandonment. The next is fear of rejection. Fear of rejection is a very painful experience that we, many of us, if not all of us, have experienced at some point in our life when either a friend, a lover, a community, a tribe, our following on social media have literally not picked us or turned away from us because of either something that we said or did. And the experience of rejection is so painful that we will do anything to avoid it, right? Yeah, it can it's, feel embarrassing. Yeah. It can, yeah. It's not comfortable. It's not cute. We don't want it, right? So we do anything to avoid that, which includes saying the things to fit in with the group so they don't reject us or saying nothing at all. Yeah. Right? So the third fear that I see, and this one's very important, is the fear of loss, which is a deep, deep wound. It's got more of a depression grief flavor to it as opposed mm. to abandonment, mm. which has more of a shock flavor to it. And Lord knows vast majority of humans do anything their whole lives to avoid the pain of grief and loss. Absolutely. That's deep. It's deep. It is, it's, it is definitely one of the most painful experiences that we can have as humans. So we do anything to avoid it. Mm. But what we need to understand about loss is that loss in as as far as rebirth and death is a natural continuation of the cycle. And the more that you speak your truth, we need to shift and, and pivot around the way we perceive loss. Yeah. Loss feels really bad because we have core wounds in our subconscious and stories that tell us this is horrific. We've lost something that was once there. But if we can actually change the way we feel about loss, then the experience of it feels completely different. And what is coming up for me and listening to you is, again, all of this is taking me to the, the most broad 
importances of reattuning to spirit, reattuning to nature, because these are simply the cycles of life. Absolutely. And also, the more you trust yourself to navigate in all the terrains, you know, I'm a living example of it, and I'm, I'm sure you are too, you do find a harmony in the duality. It's not that you're not feeling, I mean, I was just hysterically crying on my couch yesterday morning, but I'm just as connected to the natural rhythms of it, to the beauty of it, and I remain in a harmony even when I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. So you can experience these things you're listing without them taking you down and out right, of account. Right, and you can experience these things and you don't have to identify with them. And the difference of identifying with them is the stories that we have plugged into the subconscious part of ourselves that's really overly identifying with them. They can feel painful, but they don't need to be more than that. And we don't need to experience them for longer than what naturally needs to come to the cycle completion, right? Yeah. So that's a big important point of the shadow work on why we do this stuff so that you can change the stories you have around them. The last fear, and this one's very important. This is the fear of social exile. Yeah. Okay, so why is this fear so important? This fear is so important because Social exile for a human feels a lot like death. Why is that? That's why I actually use the fear of death and fear of social exile. I use them interchangeably because the deeper fear under social ex mm. exile is death. Mm -hmm. So when you think about caveman brains, thousands of years ago, if you were exiled from the community or the tribe that you were living in, that meant you were wandering alone in the wilderness and you would probably die because we survived in community and each one of us had roles to caretake mm. that community. When you were alone in the wilderness, that was usually a death sentence. So when you think about being kicked out of the group, kicked out of the tribe, kicked out of the family, whatever it is, even on social media, you all have your own communities. But when you are kicked out of them, there is this age old primordial fear of death that is coming up. So that's Survival why it's so, absolutely, yeah. it's so heavy, right? And so what we need to integrate, and I'm gonna leave you with a logical way to integrate this particular fear now, Social exile isn't a realistic fear anymore. And let me tell you why. It's not a realistic fear anymore because there are so many micro communities that even if you are exiled from one of those communities, there's a million more mm -hmm. that probably resonate with you. So even if you're kicked out of the truther movement or the body positive movement or any of which these. Which Allie has had which, experience in both. I absolutely, yeah, I'm, I'm on the fringes of both, mm. right? And if you're kicked out of those movements, have no fear <laughs> because there are many other groups and niches and micro communities that probably resonate with you. Mm. And then eventually you might get kicked out of that as well. And what it all comes down to is you're on this path as an individual by yourself. Yes, we find healing through community, but you come into this world alone and you leave it alone and you need to stand on your own two feet. And that's where this clarity comes from. Mm. So those are the big fears and the fear of death I am including in that. And the last one is less a fear. It's more of an emotion that keeps us locked into inertia. Mm -hmm. And that emotion is shame. And shame is something we've touched on previously on the last podcast. The reason why shame I include in this is that when we get canceled, whether it be in a big or a small way, we experience shame on such a profound and deep level. Now, this might happen if you've been publicly shamed, but also might happen in a more private way. And shame is the lowest vibration on the scale of human emotions. Yes, right? and really listen. I mean, because 
I recently, in the last six months, saw that. So what's that scale called? It's an emotional scale that's used by a lot of Jungian psychologists. Yeah, I can't you, remember. you can find it if you just Google emotional scale. Yeah. And I was shocked because for whatever reason, in the last six months, I pulled that up. And I was thinking like anger, despair, grief, like something would have been at the bottom. And out of all the full spectrum of human emotions, it's shame yeah. that is at the lowest vibration. Yeah. yeah and that's really shocking. It is. It is. But when you're in a deep, deep shame spiral, and anyone who's listening to this, if you've been through your own dark night of the soul, and you've been there, you know how fucking painful. Or addicts. Oh, my God. Yes. It really is like when you're in the deepest, lowest point of a shame spiral, you wish you were dead. Mm -hmm. That's how painful it is. That feels like that would be the better feeling. Yeah, it would be to just exit and tap out. Wow. It would be the better feeling. So shame is the thing that I think underpins a lot of the motivations for why we want to avoid all of this stuff, why we want to avoid stepping into our truth, because we really just fairly, right, we fairly don't want to experience shame. Mm -hmm. And that can come with guilt is a different flavor. Guilt is I did something wrong and shame is I am wrong. And so that little flavor difference is mm. the thing that it's not beneficial. It's not a beneficial emotion. There's emotions are there to teach us something and they're helpful to a certain extent. But shame is that one emotion where if you really get stuck into that spiral, it can't promote you or prompt you to do anything to make it feel better. You really have to choose to leave it behind to then step into a new iteration. So it's a very oh, heavy and dense emotion. A big hook to unhook. It is. It is. So those are some of the big wounds and the big fears. And the so shadow work. So you can work, see why this work is so potent. Like just even in the foundation, it holds all of that list. Absolutely. And in that foundation, if you are an energy worker and you're listening to this, you might see the correlation. Well, some of these fears and these wounds actually tie to different energy centers of the body, right? Mm -hmm. But when we start to understand that these are the fears underneath a blocked throat chakra and also that the body moves holistically and we need to clear a certain area and it will also have benefits for the next area. If we clear the throat, it'll help the womb. Mm -hmm. Then we can start to see the interconnectedness of these things with an open throat chakra and why it benefits the whole body. So Ooh. yeah, big, big stuff. Now, for anyone listening, it's like, okay, well, great. Now I know the fears. How do I do it? Right? Mm -hmm. How do I clear this? There are many shadow work options that you have available to you. I use a process called rapid rewire method. It was something I got certified in after I had tried for seven plus years to clear the trauma I had with my cancellation experience, right? I was in deep PTSD. I had suicide ideation. It was very hard for me mm. to move on from that event. And RRM, when I had done it over the course of one weekend, I've never felt it come back. It was a sustainable and permanent integration of that experience for me. So of course, I got trained in it. And that is what I offer to my clients now. It feels like magic. And there are many deviations or permutations of this method that you can use yourself to start working on those core fears. So I'm giving the list of the core fears because that's what you need to start doing if you want to start operating with an open throat chakra. Mm -hmm. The next thing, right, the next component besides that shadow work and those fears, I almost want to overstate this because this is where I realized I was running off the rails. What I want people to understand is that there's a spectrum of you, right? On the spectrum of you, on one hand, you are wildly self-expressed, walking into coffee shops saying, I hate this coffee, I hate this place, saying completely inappropriate things at the dinner table, right? right? Just word vomiting on people, taking no account of set and setting or- A careless spewing. Exactly, that's perfect, I love that. Careless spewing, right? That's that spectrum of you. Right. On the other side of that spectrum is 
clammed up you, who's totally incapable of speaking their truth, who's really not starting to distrust their body because mm-hmm. they their body's like, well, if you can, can't even trust your thoughts, opinions, and beliefs, then what are we doing here, right? Mm-hmm. So on that spectrum, we want you somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Okay, so how do we get you to that somewhere in the middle? Well, first we need to understand that censoring oneself is different from a social filter. Social filters are extremely useful. Social filters are how you can walk into a room, and if I hated this room, I wouldn't say, hey, Allison, this room's ugly, you right? You need to redo You this. need to completely redo everything you about You thought this. you already renovated? <laughs> Girl, you haven't begun. You are so wrong. <laughs> okay, so that is an example of me not using a social filter, right? And my words aren't conveying compassion or clarity Sensitivity or- Sensitivity to, sen- I might love this exactly, room. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that social filter is imperative. Now, how do you craft a social filter? I'm not speaking to neurodivergent people here. There's different methods and ways that they can. But for people who are looking for a means to start saying the words with the true intent in them so that you are understood fully by what you're saying and you're not putting people off by saying weird things in weird places, social filters are crafted by one, and I have a model I use in my program for this, one, you need to establish your values. Okay, so you need to establish what it is that you actually believe in. Because if you are speaking on issues, let's just say on Instagram, and you're speaking about something, you're really activated about it, and you're not really sure why, you just know you're a little triggered, and you haven't run it through your value system, well, actually, you might see that the words, your intent, and the way it's coming across isn't reflecting your higher truth. Hmm. It really isn't, because you haven't put it through that value system filter. Can you give an example? Yeah. So there are belief statements that you can go through that will determine your highest priority values. For me, my belief statements, my highest values, one of them is truth. And so a belief statement that might reflect something like that is, I believe that truth should always be pursued, even if it's offensive. Okay, that's personally true for me. If someone has a reflection about me and it's going to be inflammatory or offensive to me, I don't really care. I care that it's true. That might be completely different for you, Allison. You might think, actually, I would prefer to be compassionate and have empathy for other people and maybe tell a white lie because my priority is compassionate or empathy, right? Mm. So our beliefs, our values are different and unique individual to individual. So how can you start speaking from a place that's reflecting your highest values? So that's number one on a social filter. And number two is effective communication strategies. So I use a model that uses four types of communication. That's passive, passive aggressive, aggressive, and assertive. Mm. So we want to get you somewhere to the place. Again, such important stuff. This will serve you well in every chapter and area of your life, this tool. And we want to get you to a place where you are able to be assertive, right? The energy of, I said what I said, but I'm also open to having my mind changed. I'm open to hearing feedback. Yeah. Right? So there's a different flavor to it. Yeah. There's a difference when there's an, I said what I said, that is coupled with aggression. Right. That would be an aggressive communication style. Absolutely. And those are often the loudest voices that you see online, right? So you see aggressive communication styles 
being paid off really well with followers and clickbait. And they often have like the most flashy attention grabbing headlines. And we are rewarding that currently in our culture. And what's that saying? Like the loudest person in the room is always something. I don't yeah. know what it is. The but... loudest person in the room is often, I thought it was often the wrong one, but it could be. Or like the incorrect. least wise or I don't yeah. know. There's some other tail into that. But anyways. Yeah, exactly that. And like with the aggressive communication style, People sometimes who are an aggressive communicator might mix up and think, I'm just assertive, but there's ways to determine if you are, if you aren't. And aggressive is someone who's going to consistently try to shout someone down or belittle someone or says, hey, like, this is a classic aggressive communication style person. Like, hey, I'm open to feedback or criticism, but then the moment you give it, all Not. bets are off, right? Defenses come in. Absolutely. Yeah, projection. And then with the passive people, with our passives and our passive aggressive, those are the people on the end of the spectrum who are like, I would prefer to have peace at all costs and I would prefer to avoid conflict at all costs. So I'm just going to stay here and be quiet. Mm. And that might serve you in some areas, but you'll find in the long run for our people pleasers out there, our codependents out there, it's probably not. Mm. And the way that you can get what you want and your highest desires is to start speaking your truth with some assertiveness. And I can attest... I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, even for those of us who have do really deep in our work and have really in a devoted way been on spiritual paths for a long time. I, I guess with high levels of astuteness or consciousness or self-awareness in a lot of categories for a long time, you still might be surprised that there are some areas of wonkiness yeah. in these categories of life. But with that, through practice, you see exponential growth pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I've witnessed it in myself, like where I'm at right now, thank the good Lord, I'm able, and some of these threads took me a long time, like many years to arrive home to within myself and really truly be embodied and integrated. But what was important for me is even when I'm speaking something that might be triggering, might be tough medicine to swallow, might be hard to hear, getting connected to my heart resonance mm -hmm. and trusting that it's flowing from heart space and really getting anchored in that. And just recently in this past week, I was able to witness my evolution and my communication on allowing my body to stay more calm. There's so many nuances to all of this. Yeah. Very important point that you just brought up, allowing your body to stay calm. So how important is allowing your body to stay calm when we start speaking our truth? It's the most important, right? And how do we do it? We do it with nervous system regulation practices. There's many different things that you can do for that. There's breath work, meditation, many different exercises. Plant medicine can even be used for that. Mm -hmm. But the nervous system regulation component of this is absolutely so important, cannot be overstated. Nervous system regulation is the thing that will allow you to have the energy of I said what I said with ease and peace in your body. Yes. Because if you don't have that, if you don't have that ease in your body, every time you speak your truth, you're going to step into fight or flight. And when you step into fight or flight, your body's like, oh, oop, edgy, stretchy, uncomfortable. This is not safe for me. And so it's going to retreat like a little turtle's head in its shell. It's going to constantly be pulling back from that stretchiness and that edginess because it's deemed unsafe for the body. So you want to have the energy in your body of this is safe for me to speak my truth. And the way you get there is integrating the shadows, having your value system, effective communication styles, but also realizing 
the the higher vision, the higher payoff of what you're doing. And that higher payoff is the thing that I hang on to. I mean, it personally for me of like the more I do this, the more I step into magnetism. Mm. That's the physical payoff to me in the here and the now moment. Yeah, it's tracking me back to when you and I had our conversation. Mm. I was in the apartment, so it was quite some time ago at this juncture, maybe, I don't know, a year and a half ago, yeah. something like that. But I won't get into the super nitty gritty details, but I was going to bed one night and I saw a text from Allie on my phone. And again, I don't remember verbatim, but something was coming up for you. And, mm -hmm. and she was just like, hey, I'm, I'm feeling this way and I would like a better understanding as to like what this experience is. Like, can we talk? And I think the next day we did talk and felt like a healthy conversation. Mm -hmm. Like I felt in a present, calm, receptive, healthy relational state to like explore. Yeah. It was a curiosity and exploration of like, what were you talking about when you texted me? Like, like what happened? And then really hearing you and then like me taking some time to like process and just being like, well, could it be this? Do you think it's that? Mm -hmm. And then you taking time to be like, I don't think it's that one, but I think it's partly <laughs> that. And we held and worked that, I don't know, probably on the phone for an hour or whatever. And here we are and it's a safer, clearer space yeah. since that. Yeah. I mean, at least for me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another example of the high payoff that comes with leaning into speaking your truth, especially when you're in conflict. I lost a friend, I think it was last year, someone who was into ghosting people, right? So this is a phenomenon that we see happening a lot now is when relationships get too hard and when things feel too hard to be said, we leave without an explanation. Yeah. And I, I just want to say on the record, I think that's a really shitty thing to do because if you love someone once, they're worth the effort of that hard conversation. And then you get to decide if you want to go separate ways after that, yeah. right? Don't run first. Don't run first. <laughs> Don't run first. Give yourself the honor, even if it's not for them, if it's for you, give yourself that experience of showing up for the hard conversations and you're going to elevate, you're going to grow through that, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what you choose to do with the relationship. So that is a very important element of this throat chakra is when you are in conflict with either friends, community or family members, can you show up with ease in your body and say, hey, we're in conflict. I'm here. I'm here for this. I'm here to actually work on this, fix it, have solutions for it. And if it doesn't, we gave it our all. And I left yeah. with better understandings of how to show up in my truth. And they probably did too. Yeah. And that that's an important point because what you just described is is different than like letting yourself stay in like Take it from someone who had their spiritual awakening from being almost two decades in an abusive, toxic relationship where there was denial and codependency and addiction issues and all that stuff. We're not talking about that where you're like rescuers are operating in total shadow and you're in it because you think you're saving the other person. And like, we're not talking about these unhealthy constructs. It's exactly what she was saying. It's like, okay, does it feel safe enough to come together and have this potentially uncomfortable conversation? And then once you're both informed, then you can decide. Absolutely. You can make a fully informed decision of like, you know what, this person actually still feels toxic for me. Yeah. Or based upon our experience together in this hour or two conversation, I feel like we can work with this. Yeah. Yeah. And we can move forward from this. Yeah. And and usually it's very clear which one it is. Absolutely. And the the thing that also happens when you get together, sometimes you'll you'll be like, Hey, this is the end of a relationship and you're 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 
reticent to get together and fix it. And then what happens when you have that deep, vulnerable truth speaking is you often find yourself closer Mm -hmm. than you were before, right? You actually find that you feel even more luxury in the safety of the relationship because you're not hiding any parts of yourself anymore. There aren't any things left unsaid. So you actually just get closer to that person. Mm -hmm. It's really, I've had that happen so many times. Or in certain cases, especially if we're talking about abusive or toxic partners or friends, yeah, they need to fall away. And that's where the integration of loss and rejection and abandonment becomes so important so that you can see how this is for you, not happening to you. Hmm. And that all is part of this throat chakra expression. Those are the things, the conversations that you can anticipate having. One other just random note is how I saw on TikTok, you might have seen this too somewhere on social media, but there was a woman explaining how, and I forget where she got this information from, but it felt like truth to me. So we'll go with it. Let me pose this and let's see what elicits for you as you're listening. When you think of what would be the highest frequency aspect of yourself, like What would give off the most potent, positive, highest frequency? For me, I would have thought love or your heart chakra, but it's actually authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I was so surprised I sent Luke the link to that TikTok because I know that I have been very courageously authentic for a long time. I don't know if I can say my whole life, but for a very long time. And so I can understand to some capacities like, the power of it and why it's so important, but I hadn't connected that dot that when you arrive to a place where you are healthily being truly divinely authentically you, that's the highest form of expression you can possibly have while walking on earth. That is the place from which you are transmitting the highest frequency is when you are authentic. Yeah. And yeah. that's pretty big stuff. Yeah. And if you think about frequency in that way, like, of course, you're going to become a beacon and a lighthouse to certain things of that same frequency. If authenticity is the highest frequency, what is being attracted to that? Mm. And so that is the a, highest alignment of people, places, everything. people, places, M- things, abundance. right? That's what's being attracted to that. Mm. And so there is a very tangible in this lifetime payoff for this work. And I just want to keep understating that because it seems so scary to get into this work to start, but there's also such a high payoff and a very high risk if you don't, Mm -hmm. right? So you are risking things by not stepping into your truth and your authenticity. Acting is a risk and not acting is a risk. So you get to choose, are you going to hold on for like, this version of you that's even more expansive, more blessed, more abundance? I mean, since I have started speaking my truth in the last I would say two years and getting really, really grounded and comfortable in the person I am, the quality of my friendships are not anything I could have imagined before. My community is literally 12 out of 10. Like I Mm. walk into the spaces with people I love fully there, loving all parts of me, right? All Mm. parts of me, even the parts that I had chosen to hide or to deny in the past or keep quiet to keep other people happy around me. They're here for all of me. The things, the ways we show up for each other is incredible. I never thought I would be given access to this level of community in my life, this level of deep, meaningful friendship, family relationships, partnership with my husband. Mm. All of this is a tangible result of what happens when you step into your truth and really full expression. This is what happens. With this cancel culture that's been 
annoyingly trailing around for some time okay. now. A couple of things. Personally, from my own path and calling, being a shaman and this public front-facing uh, shaman. I mean, there's, oh my God, I could talk for the rest of my life and other lifetimes about all that's come with that. But I have heard various students or colleagues or whoever just say to me along the way, because they might have been witness to some really crappy stuff online, like people that have never met me, don't know who I am at all, and just saying like really horrible, untrue things about me as a shaman, my character, whatever. And then they witness that and they might reach out and say like, oh my gosh, like how do you keep going? How do you hold the line? And more than once I've heard people say, what I'm witnessing happen to you is exactly why mm -hmm. I'm scared to answer my own calling. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm this light language healer or whatever the case might be. And it terrifies me to put my true self out there and they retract more and more into yeah. this untrue shell. And so it elicits so much. So someone like you who, and again, if you want to hear the full story, go to episode 83 because we break it down. But you have traversed not once, not twice, but like a few really big public times being quote unquote canceled. And so I just think it's so valuable for them to hear from you because the first one, I remember we were both still living in Brooklyn. And I like, I still look at TMZ and Perez Hilton. And I opened Perez Hilton one morning and Allie was in and I was like, what's mm -hmm. happening? And I text her, are you doing okay over there? Yeah. And you're like, not really, but um, going to find my way. And as you've traversed, what have you learned as like the first one was probably the major gauntlet where a lot of PTSD, suicidal ideation. What have you witnessed through number one, number two, number three? What skill have you gained that could be valuable to the listeners to hear of like, what's on the other side? Or what happened as you went through those different cancellations that allowed you to feel more safely in your own self, safe in your existence where it didn't impact you or penetrate you in the way that it did number one? Mm -hmm. I think... Um Interesting caveat here before I answer your question. Yeah. Two things came to me, and I have been getting so many more messages recently. There was a song that popped in my head Great. when you were talking. It's a Taylor Swift song, and it's called You Need to Calm Down. And it's like, you are somebody that I don't know, and you're coming at me like a patron. You want to calm down. And the whole song is about these people who are like going after her on Twitter and Instagram, and they don't know her. And yeah. it's really like I... It's like, it is a medicine song. Like mm, not a huge Taylor Swift stand, but medicine song. And something came from that song as you were talking about, okay, what have I learned from this? And a big reflection in that song that is, what have I learned that has made each subsequent time easier? These public cancellation attempts, and I say attempts because you can't cancel me because exactly. God cancels me, right? And I yes. love Sky Daddy, so he is never going to cancel me. It's hilarious that you say that because I always use that too. I'll say when they attempted mm -hmm. to harm me with their words, yeah. like, let's not get it twisted. Yeah, they can't. You're attempting. You're you're unfuckwithable. Yeah. Which is the name of my website, by the way. It shows <laughs> that for a reason. You are literally untouchable. And the only thing that can harm you in spirit level is some weird shit, weird comic relationship you've got going on with God. And you can, at any moment you choose, get into right relationship with God. So I don't subscribe to words can harm you or 
all these cancellation attempts, they're attempted. Mm -hmm. they, they gave it their best fucking shot. So cute. But I think the, the main thing that I learned was as I sit here now, Gene Key 39 is what I realized was, which is really like the divine trigger. It was an activation of my sole purpose to do work that I don't see anyone else doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here now as a real Amazonian goddess who is fully just like, I'm a queen. Like there's no other, I'm a queen. It just I, is what it is. It just is what it is, right? And I also know when to put my sword and my weapons down, but I know when to pick them up. And that is something I had to learn because as a woman, you grow into thinking like, especially in a lot of the spiritual communities, there's a lot of emphasis on the soft passivity, the more traditional feminine role. And there's absolutely beauty in that. And I revert into that archetype in my own body a lot and in my relationships. But there is something that comes from that stepping into the mama bear energy of mm -hmm. like, try to fuck with me, try to fuck with mm -hmm. me and you can't. And that is one of the biggest things I learned through every attempt at cancellation. But even more than that, what I learned was truly, I am untouchable. I'm untouchable because even if you kill me, even if like hmm. if I was a witch 300 years ago and there's a lot of ties to the witches of what's going on right now, right? Definitely. Also, it's modern day witch. Hunt. Absolutely. And caveat, I learned that witches in Scotland, they would choke them before they burned them, right? So now it's starting to hit home, getting some chills with that throat chakra space, Ooh. right? So even if you kill me, because I believe something that you don't approve of or act in a way that you don't approve of, I'm still untouchable. My spirit, my soul is untouchable. And that really is the knowingness in my body. That is the thing where it's like, you can try however many times you want. But when I'm in right relationship with God, which is when I'm being truthful to myself and my spirit, you can't touch me. Like, it's just not possible. It's truly not possible. Yeah, yeah, you could, if you really wanted to, end this iteration of life for me. But I can't be confined by this life. I can't be confined by this body. And so you can try as, as hard as you want. But ultimately, for me, it's futile. Yeah, no matter how you slice and dice it, you, you can't. can't be taken down. No. Yeah, because I, I can definitely witness since realizing my calling and why I'm really here and all of that. Like, it's been a real journey, but earlier on in the path, like when certain things would be said, or I would hear certain things about me, again, always by people that have never freaking met people me talking shit. Yes. Yeah, like the blows would literally hit me like the energetics of the blow would physically yeah. take me down. I mean, I remember one time I got the vision because it's exactly what it felt like. It was a literal energetic dagger, like the sword, this massive knife dagger that went into my abdomen. And then after that, they twisted it mm -hmm. and twisted it. And I would be taken down for the count and have to like do a lot of work to like rise up again, be the phoenix rising. But I guess I'm saying my point is that there are an infinite number of methods, modalities, practices, EMDR, this rapid rewire. My point is don't despair because if this is all resonating with you and if you can feel a call to step into this, to take Ali's programs, to like really become unified with only God can cancel me, know that if there are extreme bumps in the roads, if your central nervous system takes a hit, just know there's a plethora 
of practices that will return you to safety, return you to homeostasis. And we're being very honest and frank as, as you can be. It's like, but I don't want to paint the picture because it for me, especially back in the day, it was a rough road at times. And there were times where it literally took every particle in me to get back up again, put myself out there again. But I did it and I did it. And you do get more adept and you will find your way. But sometimes it might take you putting in some therapy work or some of these practices. It absolutely <laughs> takes that. If you're feeling the call to any of this work, it, it is absolutely going to take shadow work integrations, polarity integrations, like a lot of deep, deep work. Yeah, you're entering into the phoenix to the flames, right? So like, mm. this is going to come with a lot of hardship. It's going to come with shadow. It's going to come with the dark night of the soul. Again and again, hit me with it. So many, I love them, keep them coming. But like, you will need regulation practices to get yourself out of it. And when you do the work, Everything after that is going to be an up level or on top of another up level that you already had. Mm -hmm. So everything's going to start to become like just easier, clearer, more connection with God in every moment, more connection with yourself, your body. Like I didn't even talk about the physical side of this, but the health implications of what happens when you don't speak your truth and then what happens when you do. Actually, it's interesting. People who are listening to this, you can't see. I don't know if it's there, but sometimes I get hives mm -hmm. when I talk. And this is, for me, I used to be like, God, why does this keep happening? It's happened since I've been in high school. And now I find it so interesting. And I see it as another level of my throat chakra block just coming out and coming undone. And so it is important for me, even when I'm public speaking in front of a lot of people, that I highlight this. I love And that. I go, check this out. I get these- And the heat and the fire. The heat and the fire, right? And it's coming out from this throat space. And so the physical symptoms that a lot of people will experience if they are completely blocked in this area, there, there are a lot, but one of them is TMJ, I also had. Another one is you will get- urticaria or hives or rashes around this area, hyperthyroidism, any thyroid issues, huh. ear and sinus issues. There's a lot of different things in this space that start to happen after a prolonged time of not saying your truth or not showing up completely authentically. Yeah. And for some people in the moment of showing up authentically, that can look very different for someone else. If I've been showing up like completely transparent about my opinions for a long time, and someone else hasn't, the first time they do it is going to feel like, whoa, like expansive and big and yeah. probably a little bit of pride in themselves as well, which is amazing. And you should reward yourself after you start speaking your truth. And even if you're in a group of people who's like, I disagree with what you said, or I'm very offended by what you said, just being like, I'm really proud of you, Ali. Like you just said your thing. Like mm -hmm. you just spoke it. Just give yourself that affirmation in those moments that you are doing the right thing. And I guarantee you are. Well, this brings me to a question I've really been wanting to ask you and get your take on. How often or do you feel at all as one, maybe is just living authentically, just the mere presence of the medicine, the authentic medicine of you is being transmitted out that could elicit someone saying something about you, or maybe you are expressing a truth publicly. And so either scenario, someone from the outside is saying, whatever, you're a fraud. That's the first word that came to mind. So let's use that as an example. Do you feel that it's healthy to do an integrity check when mm. something is coming in? Really, when the time is right, once you settle your system, 
really tuning in, like, could there be any truth to what that person's Mm -hmm. saying? Because there's dangers, especially earlier on in the path, if you just constantly shove that stuff to side autopilot, or do you feel that you do arrive to a place after you put in the work and you've been on the path long enough and your integrity is steeped enough, do you think you arrive to a place where at some juncture, you don't need to do a truth check or an integrity check to what others from the outside are saying? Mm, that's such a good question. Ooh. I personally would like to hear yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, I, I mean, this has been a huge part of my journey. I would honestly say, and Luke would attest to this, I have historically been an exhaustive checker, but I would rather error, if that is an error, I'd rather err on that side than just never doing a check because I know the dangers of, of healers, spiritual guides, and teachers, and shamans who just never <laughs> check themselves mm-hmm. on anything. That is can be so harmful and mm-hmm. so dangerous. But yet it's like, I know myself so well at this point. I just wonder if I don't need to do those checks anymore because they can be tiring. Mm-hmm. Such a good question. And I actually just had this conversation come up a couple of weeks ago and I was like sat on this specific question for a couple of days and I got really, really clear on it. So one, I'm a very objective person. I can have my mind change quite easily when I'm presented with new evidence and new facts. I'm a kind of a mix of like emotional feeling, but also very rational and logical. Like I check out Many, you know, with, when it came to the COVID vaccine, I was like, I'm going to go through 20,000 different studies and I'll make up my opinion based on that. Whereas other people are like, it just feels wrong in my body. I was like, no, I'm going to look at the data and I'll see what that tells me. Right. And I made my decision. So with all that being said, I am someone when someone comes to me in the spirit of a good faith argument and I can tell they're a good faith actor. If they give me an honest reflection, I absolutely will consider what they're saying. And I'll go, okay, like, let me sit with this and ponder this and see if this checks out. Huge caveat to this question. When someone is giving you feedback about yourself, whether it be online or in real life or they're coming after you, there's a couple questions you need to answer first before you give them any mental space. Mm. Number one, do I want even part of the life that they have? Yes, that's right. I would agree. Do I want even part of the life that they have? Not the whole thing. Do I want even a little element of what they have? Number two, is any of what they're saying, could it be coming from a bias, right, that they have that they've not fully interrogated? Number three, am I going to take advice or take criticism or feedback from someone that's not in one of these categories? Do they inspire me? Do they make me laugh? Do they make money for me? Do they love me, right? Or are they an expander? If they don't fall into one of those categories, am I really about to take unsolicited feedback or advice from someone that's not in one of those categories? So you get to be very discriminate. There is nothing but information. We're living in an information society, right? There's just constant information coming in and you could be stuck on your phone screen or in communication with millions of people at at a moment's notice. So you have to be selective Mm -hmm. about what information you are consuming. An analogy I guess I could use, which just came to me is like, all right, like CNN is an example of news organization that to me personally, I think is a pile of shit. And I probably wouldn't trust anything that they say, right? So if I'm seeing an article from CNN, and I'm also seeing another one from, let's say, 
I don't know, The Guardian, a little bit more credence there. I'm going to completely throw away the CNN article. Right. I'm going to throw that out because I, I already know there's no foundation there. They're not there. fitting the criteria. They're not. They're not fitting into that criteria. And The Guardian will be like, oh, let me see if any of this fits or mm -hmm. sticks, right? So you get to decide what information that you want to ingest if you're getting feedback or criticism for, from anyone around you. Yeah. And the main question is, when I look at this person, is there anything about them yeah. that represents something I want in my life? I, I would totally concur. And I've been navigating that stuff lately and really reminding myself like, yeah, in certain situations, person might not be a evil at heart person, mm. but there's literally nothing going on there that I'm looking for, right. seeking. Yeah, I feel very healthily secure and good over here, yep. and I will remain healthily and good and yep. secure over here. Yep. And Completely bye. agree with that take. And period. And period, and we're done. And that is the strength of, even when we're talking about an open throat chakra, when we have a closed one, we cannot reinforce or uphold our boundaries. And so when you explicitly online, let's say you speak your truth and you have the same people coming back, Allison, you're a fraud or whatever little mumblings they say from people who aren't in the ring, I'll remind you, you're the one in the ring and they're not and they're criticizing you like we do with watching American Idol criticizing singers yeah. while we can't even sing a note. You get to decide in that moment if you're going to give them airtime and that's your boundary. Mm. And you also need to be very like, this is why I'm very quick and easy with the block button. Yeah. You're coming into my space. Yes. And you're saying some shit and I've told you and I always will say, hey, I'm not really available to that or I'm not open to that. If you violate that boundary, you're gone. You're out. No questions asked. I agree. So the same thing in life. If you have someone around you and you've explained a boundary like, hey, you know what? I'm going to use a dear family member for an example for this. One of my family members keeps bringing up really like doomsday scenarios all the time I'm around them. And I've said, hey, like I really am trying to keep my frequency quite high and I'd prefer to not ingest all of this conspiracy like doomsday stuff yeah, all the this time. This is important to me. Exactly. And this person walks through that boundary. And at that point, it is incumbent upon you yeah. if you want to uphold your boundaries of like, hey, I'm actually exiting this conversation out because I told you that this is not something I'm partaking in. I'm now saying it again and you've not, you're not listening to me, so I'm going to leave. And that is when upholding, period. period. That's when it becomes very important. Yeah. So yeah, should you, in summary, should you take, like entertain the criticism or feedback of these people who are writing you on Instagram? Run through that list first. Yeah. And if they check out and it's someone that's an expander for you, I would absolutely take into consideration what they say. Yeah, I think that's a really, I mean, like so much hearty, great, material and all that you've arrived to and your offerings. And this, what I'm about to say, might not hold all the way through 100% of the time, but it's like, well, first and foremost, it's not even in my radar or in my fabric, like to troll. Like I don't, like that's no. so in a non-existent yeah. <laughs> universe for me. So that's number one. Yeah. And then number two, like this is where I find the most amusement or fascination, we shall say, is when it's another healer mm -hmm. or another spiritual leader mm -hmm. who is attempting to say these really nasty remarks. I'm like, wow, no healthy spiritual guide and no healthy healer that I know personally would 
ever go onto an app and go online and speak to another human in the way. So you're automatically disqualified. Yeah. You're automatically instantaneously out of this checklist. Yeah. Because you are outing yourself instantaneously as an unhealed, unhealthy person. Therefore, I'm not available to hear what you have to say about Mm me. Mm -hmm. Focus on yourself first. Yeah. Maybe Absolutely. we can arrive to a different place down yeah. the line. Had somebody like come up to you directly, personally tried to reach out to you in private, yeah. calling in Kindness. rather than calling out, yeah. the question would be different. You would know you have a good faith actor in this totally. conversation who's committed to some kind of objective truth and some kind of achievable solution to yeah. the dynamic. But when you have someone who's just bypasses that personal connection and goes straight to their Instagram audience, well, you already know you have enough information there to judge, well, we don't really have a good faith We have a bad faith actor here who is seeking to divide and to capitalize on some kind of controversy as opposed to heal what's going on here. So that immediately, I would agree, would exclude them from. And that's that's like an attempt, the classic case of their ego or whatever shadow aspect of themselves, whether it's subconscious or not, the false, the illusion of like, if I cram her down and try to suppress or speak down to her, that'll lift me up, which yeah. is never actually the case. But So it's not in the long term, but it is right now in the short term for a lot of people. And why is that? It's because we have an earth policy right now, which is what bleeds leads. And so the way that you get more eyes on your shit is you do capitalize on right. controversy and on cancellation and a lot of lower frequency stuff. But what I will say is any following that you get from that will not be of merit in the long term. And they're going to turn their backs on you just as quickly right when you fuck up. So be careful about the frequency you're putting out from the beginning. Because if you're participating in the divide and conquer shit, what is the expression? It will bite the hand that feeds them. Mm. So it will come back to you. So you want to be sure that you are pristine with your energy from the beginning about how you decide to navigate conflict and how you can call out many different practices that you're saying that you don't agree with or better solutions that you might have to move forward. But the moment that you make it personal and you go after someone exclusively and use degrading and, and divisive rhetoric to do it, just be aware that the people you're attracting in Mm. are the people who will one day turn on you. Yeah, yeah. Important to remember that. Yeah, it is checking yourself to see, yeah, what is the real intention behind me speaking this? Like, what's the real root here? Value system. Yeah. There's so many things that folks can do with you. I have had a rapid rewire phone session with you. And then when I went to (laughs) unfuckwithable.co, Ali's newer website, I signed up for your stuff. And then I got sent the money rapid mm-hmm. rewire, which I did yesterday. Luke came downstairs like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm like, opening my abundance fields with Ali. And I loved it. And yeah. actually, it was by proxy. But I will say in the same day, Luke, we were in a conversation, he had a podcast guest over and we were all downstairs talking after they got done recording. And through that conversation, Luke received a download, which could potentially bring in a lot of abundance for my business and for my brand. So coincidence? I think not. Same day I did the Money Rapid Rewire, we uh, 
very valuable idea came in that same night. Mm-hmm. This was going to air after your thing on Sunday, mm. but I'm sure you're going to do a bunch of stuff moving forward, these online events. This one's titled Only God Can Cancel Me, mm-hmm. but by the time you all are listening to this, that will have wrapped. Like, what is coming up? I'm just sure people are like, this is what I need in my life. Yeah. So I am offering, and this is why I haven't seen it on the website yet, because it's launching, I think, next week. So I'm offering now one-on-ones and also group containers of this program called 90 Days to Uncensored Bad Bitch. Mm. And this program, I've never seen another one created. If it had been created after my attempted cancellation, I would have been would have paid so much money for it because yeah. it was exactly what I needed to hear and what I needed to do. So I basically, in this program, reverse engineered the lessons and the modalities that I needed to have done to heal. Got it. And it took me a really long time to heal, seven plus years. And I condensed only the things that worked into this program, which is 90 Days to Uncensored Bad Bitch. And in this program, the people who are working with me, my clients get emails every week with the work that needs to be done that's integrating some of those key fears and key wounds that we Mm -hmm. talked about. It's establishing value systems, regulating the nervous system. It's going step by step on this path of how do you get to a fully unblocked throat chakra. Until the end of the 90 days, some of my clients who've already been through this are like, what the fuck just happened? They've either had huge job opportunities come or family members who they've not spoken to in years Mm -hmm. come back into the picture or their dream homes or dream partners land in their lap. And it's really wild to watch because I'm like, I can't believe I've created this and now it's actually producing these like real live world results. Right. So that is the best way to work with me on this specific work. And Quick question on yeah. that program, what came to my mind, because I don't know how you're delivering like the tasks and things, is any of it like materials where if someone registers, they can keep so that as they're on the path, if they get triggered and they then they can go back to module four and do the practice. Yes, okay. yes absolutely. Great. So that that is very important in the work. Why I think mentorship is very important with this work is because if you try to go it alone, which you totally can, but if you try to do it, you often find that as you're about to step into the fully expressed version of you, some fear comes up back mm-hmm. up again, and it's really hard to integrate it when you're by yourself and in that like nervous system overhaul. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to take a step back and go do the work you need to do to get back in alignment. And so a mentor it really acts as a cheerleader for you as you start to open your mouth and say whatever it is that you need to say. Like this is what I found is, and I found friends to do this for me, was someone who was like, yes, bitch, say the thing. Like, yes, queen, go off. You need some sort of buddy system that's someone is behind, feels like you have like a team behind you of people who are like pushing you, pushing the boat slowly out as you start to speak your truth. Mm -hmm. And it feels like you're still attached. You have a life jacket. You have, you have something that's keeping you safe. And that is the power and the strength of amazing people who are like, go speak your truth. Like, go do your thing. Yes. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. I'll be over here holding it down for you. Absolutely. And that was what I was missing on my journey. And when I realized the importance of mentorship, well, I went out and got my own mentor and I found them in many different places. And so a lot of the importance of this work is like, yeah, having someone to guide you through the shadow work, through the fears, through the effective communication styles. But it's also about having that like groundedness of knowing someone's got your back. That holds that safety feeling that can so quickly get hijacked out when your survival skills are kicking in. And then that you don't think as clearly all it's just can be a ripple effect. So this is amazing. Yeah. So that that's what I would say is the best way to work with me. Yes, I'll be having workshops in the future. But 
This work is for a couple different types of people. It's for the people pleasers. It's for the codependents. It's for people who want to step into more visibility and you have something to say and you want to be a thought leader or, or I hate using the word influencer, but someone that is known in their fields for bringing something fresh and cutting edge and new. This is for you. And this is the initiation that you need to go through if you want to go on and change and impact the world in really big ways. Yeah, I mean, visionaries are called visionaries for a reason. I'm a visionary. I don't know if you classify yourself as that, but we're bringing forward things that people haven't seen before. Yeah. And that typically brings a lot with it. Yeah, so. it does. Well, this has been epic. I knew it would be for myself, for everyone listening. I dare you to tell me that this wasn't helpful in some way. <laughs> like this is just like 10 doozy of doozies wrapped into one. It's, it's a doozy within a doozy within it, another doozy. It's a doozer of a doozies. <laughs> so thank you for being such a willing, courageous soul to sign up for this soul contract. Cause mm -hmm. good Lord, it's been a doozer of a doozy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it, here you are here. Here I am guys. And, um, yeah, just, I guess, final remarks is like, don't push this work off because the sooner and the faster you do it, the more the world's going to change in really beautiful, like needed ways. But your life is going to up level so much more quickly and you can do as many mirror affirmations as you want. But this is like some really important shit from when we're stepping into the abundance chapter of our life. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for being on Ceremony Circle again. And thanks to you, Soul Fam. We will sit together again next time. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Cookie says bye. Oh, Cookie loves. Woo-wee. What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles, so it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, if you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.